Hello, everybody, and welcome to the April 21st, 2021 edition of Peaceful Globalist Review. I'm your host, the Peaceful Globalist, Ephraim Josine. And ladies and gentlemen, I did not expect to start today's show off on a positive note. But I'm going to because Derek Chauvin, the officer who killed George Floyd, was convicted of all three crimes yesterday. I didn't expect that to happen. I'm going to be blunt with you. I thought he would be declared innocent. Now, I knew he was guilty. Okay, I want to make that clear. I want to make that clear. I knew he was guilty, and that's why I'm so happy he was declared such. But especially after, I think it was after um, the Breonna Taylor verdict, and considering this is the same month where the cops that shot Jacob Blake were put back on the Keshka police force, like, I seriously thought there would be some loophole, the jury would find some idiotic loophole to declare this man innocent. Um, but they didn't. They convicted him of all three accounts, and that's amazing. Now, I want to also say, this is not the end-all for uh, police brutality. This does not prove that the anti-police movement, as you can mockingly call us, um, has won. We've not won yet. We have not won. My side has not won yet. Our side has not won yet. But at the very least, it's a lot easier for us to win when we have a jury verdict saying that what Derek Chauvin did to George Floyd was wrong. Okay? We have a jury verdict saying that. That is more than we got from Breonna Taylor. It's more than we got from Jacob Blake. That's more than we got even going to some of the big guys um, from back in the early 2010s. People like Eric Garner and Michael Brown and Trayvon Martin or even Rodney King back in the 1990s. And I can go on and on and on. But the point is, this does not mean that this side has won. But it does mean that it's possible for them to win. Because at the very least, we know that there are enough people on the side of police reform, on the side of completely restructuring the way we view police in our society, um, to the point where, yeah, change is definitely possible. Now, it hasn't happened yet, and we shouldn't pretend change has happened, but it is definitely possible. And so, by the way, all the people telling you, don't get excited about the Chauvin verdict, uh, those people, I want you to tell them to take that and shove it up their asses, okay? This is more than is usually gotten in these kinds of cases. So yeah, this is a big deal. Now, does that mean that we should stop there? No, and in fact, just before the verdict was announced, I was watching, it was a live stream from The Sun, and it was this black guy giving this really good speech, by the way. It was a really good speech. It's a shame I don't know his name. Because it was a very good speech in which he essentially says that, no, yeah, this is the beginning. We are going to make sure there is never another Derek Chauvin. But at the same time, the only way we can really make sure of that is if we as a society, that this is me talking now, he only said like the first fragment of that sentence, is if we as a society agree that what Derek Chauvin did was wrong. Okay, and we all agree that. We have the jury verdict confirming we agree that, which is a good thing. So yeah, we need to recognize this as a historic verdict. We really do. 
We, we should. And again, anyone who's telling you don't celebrate this, just focus on reform, tell them to shove that up their ass. Okay, and then start singing We Are the Champions. You know, we are the champions. They are the losers. We are the champions of the world. <laughs> That's my attempt at singing. I hope it went well, because God knows I'm not listening to it. <laughs> um, but seriously, though, yeah, this is a big step. This is amazing. And yeah, we should take pride that society's gotten to this point in the first place. Now, the question is, can the police reform movement, can the Black Lives Matter movement, then take this momentum, take this consensus, and mold it into a let's make sure this never happens again kind of thing, well, we don't know yet, and we're going to see in the upcoming months if they can or not. But until then, for at least the next day, okay, at the very least, until the end of today, you guys have everybody who's not a stuck-up asshole's permission to celebrate. And to celebrate with us, I actually brought on a special guest, uh, Brian Griffin, from the television program Family Guy. Brian, what do you have to say to Derek Chauvin? Duh. Yeah! In your fucking face, fuckwad! <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself, Brian. Just in your, in your fucking face, fuckwad. <laughs> okay, we're, we're almost done celebrating, I promise you. Before I, before I wrap this segment up, though, I just want to say, did you guys see Chauvin's face when the judge announced he was guilty on all three accounts. That was, I, I think Vosh said it best, that was the face of a man who has never once faced consequences for his actions, finally getting some consequences. Because Chauvin was known as a bad cop for a long time. He had been on the police force, I think, 18 years, and had gotten 18 complaints in that time. If you're getting them annually, you're just doing something wrong. He shouldn't have been on the police force in 2020 in the first place. But, what do you know? I guess he was, and now he's gonna rot in prison for a bit. I'm just, I'm just clapping. I'm just, I'm, I'm, ec I'm ecstatic. A bad cop was finally punished. I love that. Well, unfortunately, all is not happy, and we do have another case we need to talk about, and that is the story of Micaiah Bryant that occurred last night in Columbus, Ohio, same state I live in, actually. And for those curious, I was not a witness to it, so don't go asking me. Speaking of witnesses, I should also note there's a video of the mother of Micaiah Bryant circulating around the internet where she says, oh, my daughter was so peaceful, she was an angel, she was an honor roll student. Now, for the record, she could have been an honor roll student, I don't know. And people are making fun of that and insulting her. Guys, don't do that. The woman just had her daughter die, okay? You really think she's going to accept the narrative that some people are pushing that her daughter was a horrible person? No, and in fact, it's inhumane to do that 
The real ghoul isn't her for saying it. The real ghoul is the media person who stuck a camera in her face. Now, I just want to say, we have the body cam video. And it appears that the person who was shot was attempting to stab another person with a very long knife, might I add. In the situation, and mind you, my biggest issue with the police officer's actions, and this is something that I'll admit right now, I'm not sure if the police officer could have helped, was just how long the police officer was on the scene. I think he was on the scene for about 15 seconds. I know it wasn't even a full minute before he opened fire and killed uh, Miss Bryant. However, at the same time, I'll acknowledge right now, again, I don't know if that can be helped. I don't really think it was his fault. It is just worth noting. Now, I, I should also note, I'm going to wait for the facts to come out a little bit more regarding Makila Bryant before I tell you my full opinion on it. But I'm going to say right now, first off, anyone attacking Makila Bryant's mother is a bad person, as is, for that matter, anyone passing around the clip of her, which I'm just bluntly not showing because I refuse to. Because it's disgusting and it should have never even gotten on television. This is a woman who just lost her daughter. And your first response is to stick a camera in her face. And then get surprised when she has a higher opinion of the daughter she has known for 16 years. The person she literally raised. Than you do after seeing 15 seconds of her trying to stab someone. Really? You're really surprised she has a higher opinion? Well, what would you do in that situation? I'm really curious. I'm really curious. I also want to note that, and this is the main reason why, I don't want to go out and say, oh my god, she deserved it. Because people don't get into knife fights for no reason. You guys do realize that, right? Nobody wakes up and says, I'm going to get into a knife fight today. No person rolls a D20 and, oh, got a prime number. Guess I'm getting stabbed today. Oops. No, something obviously happened here. And it is irresponsible for the media to treat it as anything otherwise. Okay, no, objectively something happened here. Knife fights don't happen in a vacuum. Now, if you want to argue that there's nothing a person could do that would result in what Makila Bryant attempted to do to another human being, then okay, that's an argument I sympathize with. But don't pretend like you have all the facts already. Seriously, don't do that. Especially if you want to make character calls. The fact is, a 16-year-old girl was gunned down by a police officer, and your first reaction is to insult the girl on social media, who first off can't defend herself because she's kind of dead. Did I say kind of dead? That's a stupid verbal tick. I meant fully dead. A hundred percent dead. She could not be any deader if she tried, which she can't try considering she's dead. And second off, someone who you didn't even know about until you saw some liberal on Twitter get upset that a human being was gunned down. If you're really spending your time insulting that person, then you're not even shocking or controversial or edgy or whatever you want to think you are. You're just kind of stupid, truth be told.
Like, you're not storming the gates of Morador and defeating political correctness. You're Beavis standing next to Butthead spitting on a highway. That's what you are. So yeah, just wait for the facts to come out, and maybe it will turn out the officer was justified. I should also note, by the way, I should also note, by the way, that even, let's say, Makia Bryant did kill some girl in cold blood. She's a minor, so it has been ruled by the Supreme Court that it is unconstitutional to give her the death penalty. Okay? That is unconstitutional for a judge and a jury to do who know what she did. But this officer, 15 seconds on the scene, he's allowed to make the call. Am I the only one who sees an issue with that, really? Am I the only one? Think, think I might not be the only one. Anyway, to take the edge off, now it's time for the dumbest thing I've ever heard. The bronze to former President George W. Bush, who said in an interview recently, as reported by Business Insider, that he's troubled by, quote, the capacity of people to spread all kinds of untruth. This from the man who lied the American population into two disastrous wars and used those wars as an excuse to take away our civil liberties. Uh, he should actually be very proud of people's capacity to spread all kinds of untruth because it's the only reason anyone bought into anything his administration ever did. The runner-up House Speaker Nancy Pelosi for responding to the Derek Chauvin verdict by saying this, Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing your life for justice because of you and because of thousands, millions of people around the world who came for justice. Your name will always be synonymous for justice. I have not seen the word justice used that much since I read Cry for Justice, number one. Give that reference a Google. It's very funny. <laughs> but... I should also note the implication that George Floyd sacrificed his life for justice. No, he didn't. Sacrificing would mean he had a choice. He did not have a choice. He was murdered. People who are murdered do not have a choice regarding if they're murdered or not. That's why it's a murder. What is wrong with you? But the gold goes to Bench Aparo. When Don Lemon tweeted out justice has been served, or said justice has been served, in response to the Derek Chauvin verdict, Shapiro quote tweeted someone tweeting that with, and we all know he would never have said this had the reverse verdict been reached. Yeah, because one is justice, and the other isn't. Seems to make a lot of sense, Mr. Shapiro, but... Okay. <laughs> Your own commentators, Matt Walsh and Michael Knowles, said that they were pressured into giving Chauvin a guilty verdict. They couldn't have, they wouldn't have said that if Chauvin was declared innocent. What do you know? If things were different, they wouldn't be the same. <laughs> ben Shapiro, you've said the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Anyway, last thing for tonight, President Biden announced today that we have hit 200 million vaccine doses. 
in his first 100 days in office. You know, I'm old enough to remember when 100 million doses in 100 days was completely unrealistic. Now we're at 200. Well, okay, so he hasn't reached it yet. Specifically, according to the NBC News Tracker, Joe Biden has administered, or the U.S. has administered, 199,426,628 vaccine doses as of April 21st. We will reach 200 million, though, possibly by the end of the day, if not definitely by the end of tomorrow. And by the way, do you know who else is going to be getting the vaccine this Saturday? I'm going to get the Pfizer one. I'm getting my first dose of it. This Saturday. Okay? I'm going to tell you all that right now. And I know there are a few remaining skeptics, don't get me wrong. And I understand that, and I will tell you how I feel. And I also want to say, I won't deny there have been some side effects. The Johnson & Johnson one had, it was literally one in a million cases. But I think it was six million out of seven million doses, or six out of seven million doses. Um... Like, literally, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 6 out of 7, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, um, doses led to somebody developing a blood clot. Uh, the Moderna one has had a bizarre effect on women. There have been articles all over about how women are having the heaviest menstrual cycles they've had in years because of the Moderna vaccine. And it's possible there's a connection there. Most of the adverse effects are happening on women, I should note. Just want to make that known, but... That is, at the very least, worth noting. Um, but overall, there haven't been any major side effects. Very few people have gotten actually seriously ill. And mind you, with something as widespread as this, there are going to be one in multiple millions of cases where somebody does have an adverse side effect and sadly loses their life. And that's very tragic, and I won't pretend otherwise, but statistically that's an incredibly small chance of happening. However, the point is Joe Biden has done something that we were told it was impossible for him to even get 100 million doses in 100 days. Well, now he's got 200 million doses in 100 days. Joe Biden has surpassed that goal, has doubled that goal. Now, unfortunately, there's not enough time for him to get 300 million doses in 100 days. Although, if he thinks he can do that, he will literally go around vaccinating people himself to make sure that happens. Because that's the kind of man Joe Biden is. But no, this is absolutely incredible news that I just want to point out. And by the way, I cannot get over this. Did you guys expect this to happen? Seriously, did you expect this? To, I didn't expect this to happen. And I was a supporter of Joe Biden. And yet here we are. We have a president who actually is working to make the lives of the American population better. Do, do you think this would have happened if Donald Trump were president? Of course not. Of course not. Donald Trump was the man who vaccination said so in a Republican debate. Donald Trump would have likely said, don't take this, don't take this, I don't profit off of it. Well, he wouldn't have said that part. But that'd be why he didn't want you to take it. And this also, this is a good feeling for the Biden administration in general. Biden's going to be a two-term president. 
We can deny that all we want. We can say he's not even going to live to 2024. He's going to be a two-term president. Then once he leaves, he's going to write a memoir, and it won't be the most eloquent memoir ever written, but it will be absolutely delightful. Okay, It will be completely delightful as a read. I'm just going to tell you all that right now. But now, once Biden can take care of COVID, he's just going to have so much political capital, I should also note, especially considering Democrats don't really have to face a massive challenge in the 2022 Senate election, so it's likely they're going to keep the Senate in 2022. I think it's literally unless every single Republican loses, or every single Democrat loses, they can still keep the Senate majority, because that's just how Senate majority works right now. Uh, all they need to do is defeat a couple incumbent Republicans, and they have it. But, and, and they've expanded it, in fact. But the point is, Biden can have so much political capital going into the second half of his first term, once COVID is done, and you are going to see some amazing things. He said in his inauguration speech, he's going to govern for people who didn't vote for him as well as people who did. Well, we saw with the COVID stimulus package what that looks like, the incredibly popular one. We're seeing with the infrastructure package what that looks like, again, the incredibly popular one. You are going to see some big things out of Biden. Now, it's going to take a while for them to happen, but I'm just telling you guys right now, hold on to Biden for a little longer, okay? Once COVID is settled, once he has the political capital... You will see some really amazing things out of him. I'm going to promise you that right now. We might, we'll definitely start seeing it near the end of this year, and especially if he wins the midterms. If he wins the midterms, if Democrats win the midterms, I'm just going to tell you right now, it's going to be absolutely incredible what we see. But anyway, that's our show, and good night.